windscreen wipers. I want to talk about <laughs> I want to talk about windscreen wipers and the fact that the first time I heard about this story was on on your wedding day. <laughs> and it's the best story I've ever heard. We it was a wasn't it a good speech? We had both of us when she started and when I say she this was my maid of honor and uh, Ben's younger sister. Uh we both forgot we didn't realise what she was talking about. And then I was the first one to twig. She was talking about a Christmas present that was bought for me uh, when basically Ben was asking for her advice as to what Christmas present to buy me. And I, as soon as I heard that, I thought, oh no, <laughs> this is the windscreen wipers. <laughs> and for Ben, he was sat next to me going, what is she talking about? What is she talking about? And I, I just, I left it. Because I, I lent over to you, didn't I? And I said, it's windscreen wipers. And you were thinking, what? <laughs> and then she mentioned the car. <laughs> she was like, well, apparently she was having some trouble with her car. Uh, yeah, so essentially it was one of the first Christmas presents Ben ever got me was some windscreen wipers. That was the uh, that was the story <laughs> as to how romantic he can be. Um, yeah. What was your What was your reaction when you did he wrap them up? I, I, that's the bit we never got. To, did he just give you some windscreen wipers in a bag, or were they actually wrapped up as if it was a proper? Yeah, gift? no, in a bag, uh, not wrapped up, and he didn't even put them on. I had to go and try and do that myself. I'd never done it before because <laughs> I was quite young, you know. Because we we met. Well, I think it was twenty one when we met. I just had never put windscreen wipers on before, <laughs> so I was just out there trying to get these <laughs> things on, thinking that he'll be so upset if I didn't use them. <laughs> so how is how is married life? You are. However, I don't know what day that you are four days in to married life following the wedding. How does it feel? Yeah, good. Good. My voice, you can hear, is it's almost back. I lost it for a time <laughs> the next day and it's been slowly growing back. I think it will, <laughs> it will take me about a week. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the whole thing was amazing. It was the best week ever best week of my life just from the whole build everybody mucking in getting things done I mean if I explain to people this is the most DIY wedding you could ever have in terms of it was on my in-laws farm up in Norfolk which was beautiful I mean it's such a great location but it's never had a vent it's never had a wedding before it's not a venue for a wedding so I was building an entire venue from scratch so dealing with things like running water and, and all sorts and on top of that uh, Ben's little sister, Kate, who was also the maid of honour, was uh, our head chef for the evening because she's a chef. So I had to build her a kitchen because I wasn't using a caterer's. And then the caterers normally bring with them staff. So I had to find staff and they normally bring with them kind of knives and forks and cutlery, crockery. Didn't have any of that. So I had to order something like two and a half thousand items of, of that. Uh, and then on top of that, I had to do... Um, uh, the village for where people were staying because we weren't going to be able to get 140 people out of that area. It was so rural in the middle of the night. So I had to build a village with hot, powerful showers and, and all of this is just in the middle of the field. Like the logistics were insane. Really, it was like out of this world. But I mean, it was so, so worth it. And as I said, it was the most DIY thing ever. Ben made the cake basically like two days before did I, did I not tell you that yeah he made the cake hang on a second ben made the wedding cake. yes he did he made the majority of it the bottom bit was fruit cake made by his mum and uh, he made the the next couple of layers look good didn't it wow i didn't know that i think more yeah. should be made of that i think he should have got some recognition at the wedding the there was lots of thank you to kate obviously because the food was stunning but not a word that the groom had actually made the wedding cake well that's because nobody had eaten it yet and i think he wasn't <laughs> entirely confident <laughs> 
But yeah, as I say, I mean, it was great, but it was the most DIY, like everything had been built. Um, you know, Ben's dad had built a fire pit for people to sit around in the evenings. We had built wine racks and tables, benches, we built the bar. We, you know, everything was built from scratch essentially so it was a full year's worth of work um but it was just so worth it because it just made it in completely unique and in every aspect it was personal to us and oh it was just the best week ever can we talk about showers or is that still a little bit raw because i remember in the days leading up to your wedding i didn't expect to hear from you that much because as you said you were building a village you're building a wedding but every now and then i got a message <laughs> just said showers bloody showers not working and then a few hours later still not working. No one's going to have a shower. Bloody showers. <laughs> Just these messages. And I didn't really know how to answer because I could have been absolutely no use of no help whatsoever. Well, you are lucky <laughs> that you're not from the group of people who were needing the showers because you were staying just down the road. <laughs> but those who were staying on site in the glamping village needed a shower. And I ordered showers. I ordered just plug into the generator and go showers that was not what turned up. Basically, it was a box. Oh. <laughs> Literally nothing else. So I had to... So I spoke to them on the phone and they were like, well, you need a water source. I said, what do you mean a water source? We're in the middle of a field. <laughs> there is no water source. So we had to get a tank which held over a thousand litres. It was over a tonne of water move that. We had to elevate it up high on a few hay bales. It had to be higher than the showers. We also needed a gas canister. We needed piping to connect it all. They hadn't told us any of this. Also, even better than this, when they turned up and they said, oh, you need all of this stuff. And we said, okay, great. Can we just have a look inside? Like, where's the key? And they said, oh, yeah, sorry. We forgot to give you the key. Um, the key's in Lowestoft, which was like an hour and a half away. So, so we can't <laughs> open them. Or oh, they're all locked. We can't open them. We've got no key. It literally was just a box. So then we get all of those things in place. Ben spends an, and his dad an entire day sorting everything out. We get the tank. We get the pipes. We get the uh, the gas. And it took a while because the piping was like a weird size, all this sort of stuff. It took a full day. And we thought, right, it was the evening. And we thought, right, we're going to give these showers a go. And nothing. Absolutely Nothing. And we thought, what? So I rang the guy again and he just said, of course it's not going to work. <laughs> I was like, what? We've done everything you said. He's like, you need a pump. You need a pump oh. to pump the water. So then Ben had to sprint off to try and get a pump, got the pump, got it back. Anyway, long and short of it was we had hot, powerful showers. No one knew any different. And it was brilliant. But it was, it was two whole days. It was very time consuming. It was the only thing that went wrong. It was the only thing that didn't come as it was supposed to. Everything else came and was on time. All of the supplies were brilliant. That was the only thing, apart from a little bit of flooding because we had a thunderstorm. Um, it was, um, yeah, that that was it. But he got them working and he was my hero. And as I say, everybody was loving the showers. They were raving about them, which is great. I think you did quite well with the weather because when you had your ceremony that was due to begin or began around four o'clock, there was this black purple... <laughs> foreboding storm. it was a storm. sky <laughs> storm i don't want to call it a storm just moving towards us and you could see everyone you couldn't you'd have seen it as you walked out but you wouldn't have seen it as you were standing there doing 
the speeches, which were lovely. But it was, and everyone, you could just see everyone at the ceremony. It was just looking at thinking, just be quick, just be a little bit quicker. Because if you know, and we were under a marquee, but the, the heavens were about to open. And we were just thinking, if this is really long, because weddings can be really long. If this was loads of speeches, loads of bits and pieces, we're just all going to get wet. But we luckily got through that. And it was just a little bit later. Uh, when the rain started and then it didn't really matter because people could go somewhere and and the wedding bit was done so you did very well with the weather the weather was kind to you we smashed it with the weather and actually it was improving through the week because it was supposed to just rain all day and be thunderstorms for hours on Saturday and we got one thunderstorm basically which lasted oh, it was probably like I don't know 45 minutes or something and it came at the perfect time because we had done the ceremony we'd started the champagne reception everybody had champagne the canapes were going and then we all had to run for cover um, so it was kind of during the mingling bit. So that was good because that's the least important to be in any area or be organized. People can just run around and, and be wherever. Um, so it was okay. And then once it cleared, by the time we sat down to eat, it was great. It was absolutely brilliant. So it was a beautiful evening. And uh, I was quite glad that the weather got it was better than we expected because if we'd expected sunshine and that happened, I might've sulked a little bit, but, <laughs> but because I was expecting rain all day and we only got 45 minutes of it, even though it was absolutely torrential and it was thunder and lightning. Um, I think it probably worked out a bit better. One thing I've learned about the drive to North Norfolk, which is actually quite mm. difficult. You have to think about it before you say that. Um, not only is it a long way from where I live or from anything really, uh, it's a lot of roundabouts. <laughs> I mean, by the end of those roundabouts, I was, <laughs> I think I was getting roundabout rage. <laughs> I think towards the end, I was like, I can't go around another roundabout again. If, if my, my sat nav says go straight ahead at the next roundabout one more time, I almost switched it off. <laughs> <laughs> they like their roundabouts in Norfolk. They love their roundabouts. I was thinking, please, can I get there? But I didn't get lost, which was brilliant. And I know on weddings, it's about the bride and groom saying thank you. But can I say a quick thank you? Um, obviously to you and Ben for inviting me, but to your um, Cumberland tennis friends for, for making me feel very welcome because I knew no one at the wedding apart from you. I know. You're very brave. And you can't hang around with a bride all day. You can't just yeah, you stand can. next to you. No, you should have. The amount of times I needed help at some point and there was no one around was really difficult. But that would have looked weird. You meant to be hanging around with your husband. Not me. Oh, no. Me and Ben spent barely any time together. <laughs> we were married. We were like, yep, thanks. Shake hands and off we go. <laughs> but they, they were really lovely. When we went for the um, reception after the ceremony and I was literally standing behind a wall slash tree thinking I'm just going to stand here and it's fine. It's okay. Once we get to the eating, I'll be fine because I'll be sat down at a table. And then I suddenly heard my name being called, which was quite scary in itself because I didn't know anyone. Um, and I turned around and they, the group of guys and girls who you play tennis with and were lovely and made me feel very welcome. I was kind of part of the tennis group. Yeah, well, you're tennis. They're probably a bit better than you, but... All right. <laughs> uh, <you know. laughs> At playing tennis. A bit harsh. Um, it's, but, you know, I, 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 I still find this quite strange with the podcast, is that uh, not that I forget that we do the podcast or what we talk about. Actually, no, I've completely forgotten what we talked about last week. Um, because I, I that post-Wimbledon podcast... I'm surprised if it made any sense because I actually don't remember what I said. <laughs> well, it didn't make any sense. I don't, I don't remember. I was answering questions from two questions before. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. And I kept taking you back to another question. And then you forgot that, oh, it was... You kept moving on. And I was like, hang on. No, I'm still on the last... I haven't caught up yet. I'm on the last topic. Go back. I've realised when you're tired, you're a bit waffly. You get a little bit waffly. <laughs> <laughs> really? I think when I'm not tired, I'm waffly. You're a little bit too, but even more so, I would say, when you're tired. So I, so I, I, I really don't remember anything about last week. But um, I sometimes forget what we talk about in the podcast. So it's quite weird. You meet some people and it's almost as if they know you because they've been listening to the podcast. And that's, I, that's quite weird. You're like, whoa. And you forget that in the podcast, we kind of chat about bits and pieces. Um, but they're, no, they're absolutely lovely. Um, made me feel very, very, very welcome. Your one point, because now I was sober at your wedding, um, which is slightly dangerous for you because I remember everything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the reason I was sober was because I had this drive back round the roundabouts <laughs> first thing the next morning, because then I was packing up and I've got to pack up the twins, pack up the other half and then set off on the road again. Uh, to drive on holiday where we are now so I knew it was a long day ahead so if I was doing that with a hangover it would be horrible so I was very sensible and I didn't drink and there's one conversation between you and your mixed doubles partner Fergus and I have to say now I've said in the past that when you know I thought you can get a little bit scary and I think that if we played if we played (laughs) if if we played tennis together as you sort of threatened, we're going to the court together. I think you'd be a little bit scary. And you're like, no, you know, I'm so relaxed. I'm so laid back. I'm so easy going. Not from what I witnessed. Poor old Fergus. Now he was, he was quite drunk and you were quite drunk. But wow, you were laying into that fella. I mean, <laughs> I, I was scared for him. And I have nothing to do with this mixed doubles pairing. Would you like to say sorry to Fergus? Not really, to be honest. <laughs> I carried him last year. In the final, we won it, I think it was 11-9 in the final set championship breaker or 10-8 or something like that. In the whole match, we played for hours. He hit two good shots. One was on like the second point of the match and one was the second to last point of the match. The rest of it was was all me. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm sorry, Ferg. In your wedding, in your wedding, we talked, there were lots of speeches and, and um, Naomi is so humble and there's so much humility there and she, she'll never say, you know, she's good at this or good at that. And, <laughs> and you, were, you were just st- putting faces. Stand, <laughs> and stand next to Fergus going, I carried you. I was the leader in this partnership. <laughs> and I'm thinking, wow. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's good It's good to have on-court chemistry, which you, which you obviously do. But poor Fergus, I mean, his eyes, he'd just flown in, what, from America? So he's probably jet-lagged, jet-lagged and drunk. And just being laid into by his mixed doubles partner. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. His flight was delayed. So he only just got there on the Saturday. That was pretty rough for him. But, well, no, but I lay into all of my mixed doubles partners. That's just kind of... Why? Um, I don't know. It keeps it interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's more... Because I don't really do it in ladies doubles, but definitely in mixed the guys take on so much pressure and the thing is is that a lot of them I'm not speaking for Fergus here but just a lot of guys when you play mixed doubles it's a really weird dynamic because it's like the guy tends to just automatically assume more responsibility and I I don't know feels like they should be doing more sometimes they try and overplay and overcompensate every time they make an error or mess up they're just kind of you know so frustrated with themselves because you know, they just really feel like they should be the ones nailing everything. And I don't know why that that is, but it, it, it tends to be like that. Isn't it because when people talk about mixed doubles 
and you talk to people who have won grand slams and mixed doubles and they played a lot and you talk about tactics the tactics tend to be that you you want to get at the female part of the partnership i mean that just seems to be i've never i've never played mixed doubles but it seems to be and that can just be a basic thing from physicality and 9 times out of 10 the guy will be stronger he will serve heavier the exception we saw this year at wimbledon with andy Murray and serena williams but largely the guy's going to have a bigger serve he's going to have bigger weapons around the court so it seems the tactic is you know the, the weak link as it were would be the women on court and I'm not being disparaging to the female players but largely if you speak to anyone about mixed doubles tactics they seem to be the tactics so I guess therefore when the guy that's why the guy assumes the pressure of going out there and mixed doubles and feeling that he's got to be the leader because largely when you talk about mixed doubles you're thinking that the guys will be stronger I know it's a massive generalization but there's some a little bit of truth in it, right? Yeah, there is a bit of truth in it, and and there, I mean, there is a patronising edge to it all for for the women playing, and and I think there always is and there always will be because you do have to be realistic, like you're saying, and actually understand the strengths and weaknesses in the team. But then sometimes people assume weaknesses in you know for for the women playing that aren't necessarily there. Um, so I mean. Well, I mean, like, for example, I mean, when I first played, um, when I was playing last year, playing with Fergus, I, I was on the, I played on the juice side. It was the very, very first point of the, of the match. So I was returning the guy's serve and he kicked it up to my backhand, came forward and I just hit a winner pass him cross court. And it got like the biggest cheer and the biggest laughter because I've just <laughs> burned him right off the first point. But I mean, <laughs> my backhand was quite good. <laughs> If you'd done that to my forehand, like you just weren't thinking, mate. Like that's all it is. But I suppose I I do I do tend to kind of hurl a bit of abuse at my partners because I just think it's just, it's the easiest way to kind of take the pressure off them a bit. I think it's if you kind of keep saying to them, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. That tends to work more. I think playing with other women of just like reassurance. But with the guys, if you just go, that was awful. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> they t- it tends to like, I, I don't know, it, it definitely releases the pressure because, and then you just laugh about it. You just laugh and be like, that was horrendous. Do you feel more of an equal playing doubles rather than mixed? Is it more a level playing field? Um, I, no, not necessarily. It depends who you're playing with. It depends on the standards. I mean, when you get to a certain level in tennis, <laughs> at the lower levels, people tend to have no awareness of what their standard actually is. <laughs> but when you get to a certain <laughs> level, like everybody's realistic. You know who the best player is on the court. You, you could rank everybody one to four and everybody would say the same thing. Like Nobody's going to be precious about being the, the, the weakest player on the court. So, um, no, it, it depends on, as I say, the level you're playing. If you're playing with somebody of a similar level, then yeah, it, it, it feels like that. But... Um, I mean, I, I just try and not, not if I'm the stronger in the pair, I try very hard to not assume any extra responsibility. And I normally open with, okay, I'm going to cover my tram line really well. I'm telling you, nothing's getting down that tram line, but the rest of the court has <laughs> nothing to do with me. <laughs> um, just to kind of, yeah, I, I don't know. I, yeah, obviously communication is so important in doubles, but... Uh, definitely mixed I've found very difficult and when I very first played mixed as I say anytime I returned the guy's serve it was like this huge achievement but uh yeah and then when my partner got aced by the um 
the female part of our opponent's team uh, did not go down well. Got very frustrated, very annoyed, felt a bit embarrassed. And it's kind of silly, really, because, you know, anyone can ace anyone. Like I could play against somebody who is a lot worse than I am and they can hit an ace against me because there are parts of the court that you just can't get to at a certain pace so you know if they just happen to find it it could be a one in a 200 thing so I don't know why people get a bit precious about it but it's definitely a strange dynamic that's what I would say and I find that the best medicine is to hurl abuse at the guy well no you did that uh, and, I, and I watched on <laughs> Um, eating some wood-fired pizza that you had, which was an exceptional touch at your wedding, by the way. At I, just for you, because you're that. all about. Um, the pizza. I can't remember what time it was, but I just thought I'm just going to step back and eat the pizza while Fergus stood there, wide-eyed and slightly okay, and you just laid into him. <laughs> I just thought I'm just going. I'm just not going to get involved in this. I thought that was the best tactic, um, but that's why I thought because there are some great mixed holes pairings out there in the world and maybe you and Fergus are one of them but when Serena Williams came together with Andy Murray no they didn't win it and the reason they didn't win it is because they're not used to playing together and that's another skill altogether isn't it that's that's having the communication the understanding being on that court a lot and they hadn't played together a lot but initially it was how are we going to get past this pairing because her serve is one of the best in the world male or female he's the best returner of serve maybe together with Djokovic in the world they've got strengths all over the place and then someone said to me afterwards well therefore why didn't they win the Wimbledon title but there's you can be two individuals two amazing individuals it doesn't mean you're going to make an amazing partnership and they did really well but and I think the other thing was she obviously had the the singles competition in mind that had to be playing on her mind and I know the mixed doubles was great for her but that had to be playing on her mind and again they hadn't played that much together as a double act so when you come come up against a double act who play together a lot or play doubles a lot should we say it's going to be it you know it's going to be difficult which is what they found and on top of that it's not even that they just haven't played together much they just neither of them have actually played a huge amount of doubles with different partners so Serena has basically played with Venus and then a couple of others here or there whether it's the Olympics or Fed Cup or, or whatever it is uh, and Andy's really played in Davis Cup and a couple of bits and pieces here and there, particularly with some of the British guys. But it's not like, you know, you're a, a Jack Sock who has played with, you know, so many different partners and, and has developed the double skills in all different sorts of situations. So, yeah, they, they, they both have strengths and weaknesses. But I think adapting to that um, has been, you know, would, would have been really challenging. Um, because they just haven't played. I mean, Serena's played a lot of doubles over the years. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, she's won a huge amount of titles. But um, you know, playing with your sister is is one thing, right? So, yeah, I think that that would be different. And then actually, neither of them have played much mixed doubles, and it is different. You, you like you were saying, you have different tactics and different things to discuss. So, I wasn't surprised that they didn't win it. I thought they were definitely in with a good shout, and you could see that. But they came up against a really strong doubles player who were executing doubles tactics to perfection, covering all the spaces, uh, that sort of thing. And uh, uh, yeah, they, they just weren't good enough. Have you ever played mixed doubles with Nick, your brother, who was a very good master of ceremonies at your wedding? He actually quite enjoyed talking to the microphone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he was great. Um, no, we've never played mixed doubles together. And we should actually, maybe we could, we could enter the county championships. Kent closed. 
we're Kent, the pair of us. Maybe we could win the mixed doubles there. Get our name on the board. Oh, I like I like that positive thinking. Maybe we could win it. I just thought about playing together. <laughs> you're, oh you're no, going to win it. I love this. <laughs> Slight insight into <laughs> into the competitive athlete family mindset there. Jack Sock, which made me think, um, he's my comeback player of the year. Now, comeback player of the year. <laughs> no, <laughs> stop. Yeah, no, no, he is. Way. No, he is. Yeah. Uh, uh. The comeback player rules were that we set at the start of the year when the ATP Tennis Radio time capsule predictions had to be a player ranked 100 or lower. That's all we set. It wasn't, well, if they've ever won a Masters, if they've ever beaten it. Didn't matter. If their ranking was lower than 100, they could be your comeback player. So I picked Jack Sock thinking, oh, this is easy. I'm, I'm definitely going to smash this. He then gets a thumb injury, a thumb injury in Australia that has kept him out until now, a thumb injury. And he seems to have been having a, a jolly old time with his girlfriend and playing golf and doing some bits and pieces. But he's returning to the tennis court. He's taken a wild card into Atlanta. So Jack Sock... My comeback player is, is he, he's officially on the comeback. Oh, good. I mean, let's hey. be honest, though. How has he been out for so long? How important is your thumb playing tennis? Well, you, you tell me. It's very important. <laughs> <laughs> it's very important. Not going to lie. You do have to kind of grip something. It's quite tough to do that without a thumb. Um, I once played with, the, I played with a broken finger. I won a tournament with a broken middle finger. Ooh. I just had it tied to the next one and it just kind of stuck out of my oh. racket a little bit it was on my forehand side so it was okay oh, that's horrible who's your com- who's your comeback player of the year I think you're talking about breakthrough or breakthrough breakthrough breakthrough's outside 100 and mine's doing alright <laughs> it? yes is Jack Sock my breakthrough player <laughs> he was but mine's doing alright I, I, I'm on Riley Opelka obviously. obviously is he coming into the American season and he's doing great he was ranked just outside 100 I think everybody who picked Felix Auger Aliasim mm might be on the right track there but I that was too obvious so uh, Pelka's doing alright he's he's come from outside 100 he's top 50 now mm-hmm. yeah no it's, but I think you're right I think the Felix <laughs> I love that that's not good enough for Gigi mm-hmm. <laughs> outside 100 to top 50 in six months mm. Mm. Yeah. it's uh... <laughs> I think, right. I think it's the, the Felix Pickers um, are going to cut. Now, something I hate they to bring win. up last week's podcast because you don't remember anything about it. But do you remember that we had, no. it wasn't a debate, we had a discussion about equal prize money in saying that we hope. Oh, uh, we briefly touched on it. Yeah. They were both great finals for very different reasons. You know, for the way Simona Hallett played. I know she took her, what, 56 minutes to beat Serena Williams, but the way she played was incredible. And then there was the Djokovic-Federer five-hour epic. Um, And and the discussion was, is this going to reignite the, should there be equal prize money when you get such a disparity? Well, next morning, would you believe, uh, it was around nine o'clock. So I'm I'm back to being mum, like fully mum. So I've got got one twin sort of hanging off one leg. I've got the other one shooting up and down the kitchen going, Mum, where are we going? We're going to the farm. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. So I'm all ready to go and do this. Phone rings. Hello. Uh, Is that Gigi? This is, and it was a local London radio station. And they said, we are doing a debate for an hour on should there be equal prize money. An hour. An hour on should there be equal prize money because, solely because of what happened at Wimbledon, over the weekend and we need a strong female voice <laughs> to take part in the discussion and I said um, I saw that's interesting I actually was talking about this on 
podcast idea recently. I said, unfortunately, I won't be able to help because I've I've got my children today. So it's, you know, be a bit noisy. I'm doing, oh, it doesn't matter. We don't mind if there's noisy children in the background. Then on cue, one of them yells, like really yells. <laughs> and he said, ah, that's quite noisy. He said, could you put them somewhere? And I was like, could I put them somewhere? And he said, so that you can come on the show. I said, I'm not going to put them somewhere. What do you want me to do? Put them in a cupboard? I was like, I said, um, I'm really sorry. I hope I hope the debate goes really well. Um, but I'm afraid it's just, it's just not going to work out with sort of screaming children running around. But I thought that was so funny that we talked about it in the gathering gloom on the broadcast roof at Wimbledon the night before. And the next day, just just due to that, the two days, they were discussing it again. And, and I've heard it since. I've seen some messages saying, well, it's, it's simple. It's something you mentioned. The women have got to play best of five in finals and then it will be fine. And, and so I, I don't think it's going to become a massive thing again. It, it could do if it happens again at the US Open. But it, it was, uh, yeah, it, it just made me smile <laughs> the way the first thing next morning, it was something that people were talking about again. Well, we knew it was going to happen, didn't we? I mean, it's pretty boring, um, to be honest. I don't really see any interesting arguments on it. You know, I'm happy to have a conversation. I, I, I don't think that women should play best of five in, in the final at all. I just think that that's the only conversation worth having. But that is for an entirely different reason. It's nothing to do with equal prize money. That's that's that It's not to warrant the equal prize money. It's just if that is a more appropriate finish to the tournament, then you can have that chat, right? But yeah, I don't know. I think it is very... Oh, it's just very done, isn't it? What did, did you just tell him to listen to the podcast? That would have been the easiest bit. Well, I, I, so I, I think he was, basically, I think it was quite a last minute thing that they were organising because it was one of those, you must have had these calls from radio stations or people, they want, they want a voice, they want someone to come on. And when you say, and they're very nice to you, you know, they're very, oh yes, we'd like a strong female voice and da la la la. But when you say you can't and you're very polite, they're pretty much gone. Do you know what I mean? They, they've got to find a guest. So he was pretty much kind of, you know, when it, when I obviously wasn't going to lock my children in a cupboard uh, to come on the radio show, I was kind of, and move on. And so he's like, okay, thanks, bye. And within seconds, gone. Because obviously had to find a guest to, had to find a guest to go on. But um, I did mention the podcast, but I think he was, I think he was too harassed because I think it was quite a last minute thing to sort out. Do you, have you had any requests for mugs? A, f- a few. I've had a few. We're, we're, we're not at the... <laughs> We're not at sky high numbers yet, Shiji, I must say. But I've had a few. Well, 30, 30 was the target that was set. If if we got 30, then you would commission and sort out some. I don't think we're at 30 yet. We had, um, Teresa sent us, did you see this on Twitter? She sent a picture of her Andy Murray mug. And she said that the tennis mug would look nice next to her Murray mug. Well, it would. And I had a few other people saying that they would buy a mug. But I don't think we're up to big numbers yet. We haven't been flooded. <laughs> we haven't been flooded with mug requests. Well, I mean, that was possibly expected. <laughs> Not good. Life. But you like yours, right? Have you been using it? No, I love my mug. Have you found your mug yet? You're back home now. Have you got? No, it's still at a neighbour somewhere. I've been busy. Busy. What have you done today? I've slept. I walked the dog, and now I'm talking to you. Very busy. Exactly. So you could have. Walk down the street. Oh, by the way, so one thing the listeners to the podcast should be made aware of. So Naomi does a lot on Sven and how lovely Sven is and how she's training Sven and 
pictures of Sven appear on Instagram and Twitter. You may remember that Sven wasn't invited to the wedding. And at first I thought that was a little bit harsh, but I thought I understand that, you know, it's difficult to keep an eye on a dog running around until I get to the wedding and there are dogs everywhere but just not Sven. Yeah, it was a very dog-friendly wedding, wasn't it? It was quite funny, actually, when I got to the front and I turned around and there were loads of dogs just lying around. (laughs) No, not Sven. Not Sven, no. Because he's our responsibility and we were just going to be too busy, basically. Has he forgiven you? No, he's sulking. (laughs) (laughs) Completely sulking. Like, genuinely, when we got back, he wasn't that fussed about it. I haven't seen him for a week. (laughs) Not that bothered. I mean, he was kind of happy. He wagged his tail a little bit. And then he went and sat at the other side of the room. And then about five minutes later, he just went to a different room. <laughs> just, just went to sleep in a different room. He was like, he just doesn't, he, he, he's quite like that. So yeah, he, he wasn't bothered at all. It's because he's quite, he's quite judgy. We know he's quite judgy. He's quite judgy, but he's potentially sulking. But uh, yeah. Um, no, it was, uh, it was a very dog friendly wedding and it was great, but it was, uh, it was for very obedient dogs. <laughs> The, the main issue is that he would run away. It's a farm and there's stuff going on all over the place. And as I say, one of us would have to be manning him at all times. And that we just didn't have the manpower to be able to do that. There was a dog asleep under our table. Um, and a friend of yours, Angeli, hates dogs. I don't know if you, oh, yeah. I don't know, if you know this about <laughs> I her. Know that. She really doesn't like dogs. But the dog wasn't doing anything. He was just asleep. Almost the point you had to give him a little nudge to check all was well with the dog. But he was just passed out under the table um and that well it didn't go well when he suddenly moved <laughs> i have to say <laughs> but they were they were they were lovely dogs they just sort of they you know they potted around they did their own thing how many times did you fall over in your wedding dress <laughs> i fell completely over once <laughs> and i tripped like little stumbled maybe about another three times it was it my vision of you really my sort of endearing image of you is just holding your dress up it's basically spent most of the day sort of gathered up so you could walk. Well, it it pretty much was like that. And obviously we'd had so much rain and I had to keep going out to the grass because certain things were in different places. And yeah, by about 11 o'clock, it was so heavy because it was soaked with, with water and mud. Very dirty. It's completely ruined. Um, but it was just so heavy. I had to get changed out of it because I just, just moving, it was exhausting, like kind of holding it and carrying it and stuff. But um, we, we'd had a lot of rain. We, we'd had a fair amount. But one of the dogs was just asleep by the dance floor. They had a full band playing. You know how loud that is. Dog was just asleep. <laughs> the kids were convinced it was dead. They kept looking at it being like, dog's dead. He's <laughs> just asleep. It's fine. How was, how was your tent? I was a little bit dubious about the tents initially when I knew there were tents. Tents were amazing. The tents were so good. Did you go down and see them? No, it was it was a bit far. It was quite far and it was raining. <laughs> and so. and when you don't know anyone, I'm not just going to wander up to a tent and open it and go inside. I mean, that would be wrong. Right? Oh, that is true. Actually, people were living in them. Yeah, that's probably yeah. not a great idea. If I go and say, hi, I'm just coming to look at your tent and they're like... Who are you? Go away. And I'm like, okay. Um, so that I didn't, I didn't feel I should just wander into someone's tent. They were great. It was like, it was a proper festival wedding. It was, it was brilliant. Exactly what we were going for. No, do you know what? I was just really chuffed with the whole thing. I think everybody had a really nice time. And uh, yeah, it was quite the feat to, to pull it all off. But we managed it. Weirdly, we managed it. Very impressed with ourselves. I think if you're, if you're, you've had your career in tennis... If your career in broadcasting doesn't work out, which it will, because it is, then definitely wedding planning 
I think, is the way forward. Ah, you were impressed. You're very calm. You're quite forceful, quite single-minded when you get sort of what you're going to do and you want to do it. I think you'd actually be very a very good wedding planner. I well, Now that I've planned this one, I feel like I, I could do a good job. But the thing is, is that I'm not that fussed. It's not that I'm not that fussed. Look, I obviously wanted it to be the best it could be. But I'm not fussed about the, the stuff that doesn't matter. So, like, we had somebody coordinating the day for us because I'd planned the whole thing. I didn't want to be the one having to sort everything out on the day. So um, I had, um, you know, a great uh, person sorting everything just on the on the Saturday. And uh, I was saying to her, I was like, yeah, it's probably, like, probably a combination of being, like, really stress-free because I am just not really stressed. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, just work it out. Just, like, just make things work. Just if you think it should be working, make it work. It's fine. Um, I don't need to okay everything. I was much more kind of leaving everybody to their own devices to make things good. But then I'm also quite stressful to deal with because when it comes to any of the details, like I haven't really thought about it. (laughs) I was like, oh, not thought about that. Um, So for example, in the ceremony, me and Ben walked to the front, sat down and we realized because we got married legally before this day we'd been wearing our wedding rings and we just forgotten to take them off <laughs> so we were doing a ring exchange and we both already had our rings on <laughs> and Ben was going take your ring off take your ring off but it was behind the engagement ring so I had to like fiddle around with it and then somehow like sneak it to the best man um but yeah I mean so we it was kind of odd because as I say like I think we were just pretty chilled out I mean she said to me that I was the most chilled out person she'd ever met the day before well, that's good I was just like sitting around eating a bacon sandwich like ah I'll be fine um, and with the weather as well it was quite difficult but definitely the the attention to detail was there in so many ways but there are lots of details that I just hadn't even thought about what would be the highlight of the wedding one thing if you pick out what if you pick out one thing to take away from it oh I don't I oh, just uh, I know it sounds so stupid but just all of it was amazing I mean actually do you know what it was was about four o'clock in the morning standing around the fire pit as the sun was coming up um I think you were you were gone by this point as you said you had a busy day the next day but you no know, lots of my friends and family just all kind of we'd been sitting around chatting and and drinking until four. I left around four um, because that's where the breakfast area was for the glampers as well. Um, but uh, a lot of people did not leave before breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was just, uh, th- I mean, that was my favourite bit. That was the bit that I was looking forward to the most was sitting around late at night and chatting with friends. And I'm just wondering, next week, so this week you're on the sofa at home recovering from wedding planning i'm currently on yes. holiday um so what happens next week do we do like a honeymoon podcast are you having a honeymoon i don't even know well we're going away um our proper honeymoon will be in november but we're going away end of the season <laughs> i think i, I think I, I fly back from uh, madrid <laughs> for the davis cup and then i'm like out of here um so yeah we do end of the season uh honeymoon and then this time we're just going to go away for a week with the dog just go we got a cottage go and do some walking should be nice weather have a nice time are we going to be podcasting yes there's podcasts i'm happy to podcast if you are one thing i we need to do next week because now i've got to get back to the holiday um is i want to talk scheduling next week okay because i was talking to someone at your wedding who works in tennis sort of uh, part of the sort of backroom staff you know physio side of things listening to them talk about 
scheduling in terms of following players and certain weeks one player loses the other player's still in you're working with two players it almost blew my mind and I remember I was sober at your wedding I was like I don't understand any of that so just got me thinking about scheduling scheduling a team and traveling and and whether you're I don't know you're 100 in the world you're trying to schedule so different if you're top 20 so I think we so if anyone's got any scheduling questions uh let us know if not I think because this has been the the wedding edition of the tennis podcast. <laughs> um, but I, actually, I, we got quite a lot of tennis in. I'm quite impressed. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, absolutely. I think scheduling is a really good thing to talk about um, next week. It's okay. so much more important than people think, and I don't think people understand or realise that you know, for the majority of players, we're not talking about your Andy Murrays and whatever, but for the majority of players who get they take a bit of time, rank between 100 and 200 before breaking through. If you get that scheduling wrong, you will never break through. It is that is the where it is really, really crucial. So and when I talk about those players, don't think they're nobodies. We're talking about Kerber. She was there for three years. Conta was there for four years. It is a place where people get stuck. And yes, obviously you've got to get better and improve and win matches. That's one thing you've got to take care of. But if you have the wrong schedule, you do not have somebody who knows what they're doing, you you just can't move because it's so difficult. You win a tournament, you move like three places. You go from 135 to 132 and, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, we can really get into that next week. That'd be great. Okay, so next week is scheduling. I'm going to leave you to keep on recovering. You look like you need a little bit more time and you're playing tennis (laughs) later. (laughs) I know I've got a tennis match tonight because my tennis team were there. And on the Friday, I pulled out of playing this match on uh, today but on the Friday before the wedding when everybody was there for the hog roast I was they were saying you've shafted us Cav we can't find anyone so in the end I gave in and said fine I'll play so, so I'm begrudgingly it's not mixed doubles is it no no and I, I, I only did it I did it with the, with the proviso that I would be given a great part and I have been so I'm very happy <laughs> well good luck good luck in the tennis thanks um, wedding was amazing so thank you for the invite and we will I'm going to get back to my holiday and we are going to talk scheduling next week yes good luck tonight enjoy your holiday bye